Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone, rest your cause. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Edwin. As we are moving on the downward slide to the end of the week... Is that the way we want to say that? The upwards? I don't know. It's it's we're go, we're looking forward to good things. We are always looking forward to good things. But we hit Hump Day yesterday, and now mm-hmm. we're on the other side of it. That's exactly right. So two more days in Matthew twenty-two, but perhaps two today is, I think, maybe the most significant. Well, I tell you what, we are hitting our third of the three questions that good. Jesus is being. Uh, what was peppered. the first? What was the first question? Well, the first question in Matthew twenty-two and uh, really verses fifteen and following was the question regarding. Taxes, uh, right? <laughs> trying to remember. I was. Tr- I've slept since. I then. have slept since then. <laughs> well, so, so taxes. Yeah. yeah is it lawful taxes. to pay taxes? Is it lawful? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Hold up the coin, and whose inscription is on it? Whose image? What was the second question? The second question, and I've also slept since <laughs> then. <laughs> The, the leveret marriage. Do with leveret marriage. It was really a question about resurrection. Yeah. It got all dressed up with that hypothetical leveret marriage question and the lady with the seven husbands, but it was really about resurrection. My real question for you is what did you have for supper yesterday? What did I have for supper? Do you, do you remember that? You know, I think I slept since then. <laughs> it was good. I, we it, hope you so. You know, it's it's the whole deal about I may not remember all the meals that I've had, but they were all important. They I were, sure needed them. That's exactly right. Okay, so third question today. Let's jump into it. Why don't you read for us from all Matthew right, chapter so, 22, 34 through 40 from the New King James. All right, here. Matthew 22, verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So here is my question that I want you to help me out with. I understand the tax question, why it was a trap. Okay. You know, if he says we don't have to pay taxes, the Herodians can go to the Roman authorities and say, arrest him. He's teaching against taxes. If he says pay taxes, mm-hmm. the Pharisees can go to the Jews and say, look, he's a Roman sympathizer and it'll undercut his popularity. Yeah. And they'll be able to then pursue their desire to have him arrested and put to death. Okay. I understand, even though it was clearly, as we pointed out yesterday, this kind of made up manufactured thing, I, I understand the trap that they were trying to put Jesus in here. We're going to get him embroiled in, in this controversy about resurrection. And we're again, it's going to dismiss his popularity or we're, we're hoping that he's going to say something very foolish and look foolish. That one I can understand. I'm really struggling with how this one is a trap. Mm-hmm. What's the greatest commandment of the law? That's the question. You, teacher, what's the greatest commandment of the law? So in well, your and, mind, what's the trap? Well, I was going to say, and, and to that point, not understanding the trap, this is the one that he just answers outright. Straight I mean, up. There's not a rebuke. There's not a give me a coin. And, um, you know, and yeah, just straight up, he, he had this one. Um, I know that... The Pharisees themselves had tried to go through and spell out uh, in some of their what 
was it the writings of the Mishnah or Talmuds, etc., you know, spell out specifically all the different laws and ordinances and such as that. And so uh, there may be a, an idea here of trying to weigh in. Did we get it right? Is there more? Is there less? What's the big one? Mm. Okay. Uh, there may be some of that. As far as trap goes, though, I'm not really sure how what Jesus would say here turns the people away. Yeah. Other than maybe that's just unsatisfactory. Maybe they'd say, well, here's what I think it would be. Yeah. I wonder, okay, so as I'm asking you this question and I'm listening to you and I'm thinking through it, you know, I do think about what happens on Facebook all the time. Mm. Somebody asks a question and do you know how many different answers there are to almost every question that gets asked on I Facebook? Don't, I don't, I don't, how many of the people have noses? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, somebody asks a question and every different responder has a different opinion. Yeah. And then we can all end up getting into fights with everybody whose opinion is different than ours. So I, I guess there's a part of me that wonders, is that it? Is that this is one of those questions that all the people are going to have their own little opinions about, mm-hmm. and so they feel like no matter what Jesus says, it's... It's it could be potentially divisive. Yeah, I wonder if that's Turn what's going Turn the people away here. that way. At the same time, one of the other struggles I have is in Luke's account, in Luke chapter 10... Mm. When uh, and I think it's probably a different scenario. I mean, I think this probably this question got posed to Jesus more than once. A recurring is, question. Yeah, I really think it is. One of the lawyers comes up to Jesus and says, "Well, what's the greatest commandment?" And in that case, Jesus actually turns it back to him and says, "Well, you tell me. You tell me. What do you think the law says?" And you know what that fellow said? Mm-hmm. He said the exact same thing Jesus says. In other words, one of the things I've picked up by comparing this is that. When Jesus gave this answer, the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, and the second's like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus actually didn't come in giving this amazing new revelation that nobody else anywhere had been able to figure out. Mm -hmm. I mean, that lawyer in Luke chapter 10, it was the same answer he saw when he studied the law. He said, you know, well, I think when I Mm -hmm. piece it together, it's love, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor. And then he has to then he has to justify asking the question, and he says, "Well, yeah, but, yeah, but my real question is, who's my neighbor?" Yeah, that's that's my yeah, real question. Yeah. Who's my, okay, okay, look, look, we all know, love God, love your neighbor, but but who's my neighbor? Yeah, that's what happens over there, and that's of course where the parable of the good Samaritan, good Samaritan comes occasions in. that. Yeah, that's fascinating. So I'm I'm struggling with what makes this a trap. Yet they are trapping. They're trying to trap. None of these questions are really sincere. They're not. They're not. Boy, we've just been wondering, and we think you have the good answer. But Jesus gives an answer, and it shuts him down. That's absolutely so. Um, verse 40, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So Jesus is going to give him the answer and then give him the why, Yeah, which I think is powerful. Yeah, it's not because here are two commandments that, it, look, if you follow these commandments, you can let the other slide. Yeah. It's the idea that, look, everything else is really summed up in these commandments. Mm-hmm. Everything else that you read about in God's law is is anchored in, this is how you love God, and this is how you love your neighbor. Which, as I recall, I think it's in Romans 13, the Apostle Paul will go back to this, and he'll spell out, he'll list a few other commandments and say that it's all captured in, yeah. love the Lord, love your neighbor. Love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. How much does that leave, how much room does that leave for us to love other things? (laughs) Yeah, nothing. It gets back to, uh, we were talking about this the other day, the idea that you serve God and not mammon, right? You can only have one master and to serve him from our heart. With, With everything that we have, the emotional part of us, 
the volitional part mm-hmm. of us, the the reasonable, rational part of us, the spiritual part of us. Really, when this command is given, and especially in uh, some of the parallel passages where they also include the word might, yeah, with all strength, your might yeah. and all your mm-hmm. strength. Really, what we see here is the whole person. Absolutely, this command to love the Lord our God it encompasses the whole person, mm-hmm. every part of me, my body, what I do with my body, the strength that I have with my body is supposed to be directed toward loving God, my heart, the center of my very being, the seat of my identity and thinking and will, and that that is supposed to be devoted to God, my mind, the place of my reason and my thought and my consideration and my deliberation, that is supposed to be wholly devoted to God and my soul, that spiritual side of me. In other words, Amen. loving God is not just about going to church and when I do my spiritual stuff. It's not just, okay, we're worshiping God, so let's love him now. It's it's every time, all day long, with every bit of me. And I, I see it in light of, too, to, to consider the question, well, how has God loved us? How has God loved you? Um, here is Jesus, and he is the, the love of God there in their midst, right? I mean, he, he's God in flesh, and he's taken on this quality so that he could love his creation, so that he could love sinners and love people. And he didn't hold back anything, but even laid down his life and shed his blood to redeem people. This is how God loves, and God loves first. If I, yes. Oh, see, I had a question I'm going to ask you in a minute, but I think that's very important. That That's one of the things that, that I always try to remember, is that it's it's not when I love God properly, he loves me. Mm-hmm. He loves me, and that's what, when I recognize it, prompts love. That's It's, it's, it's recognizing his love for me yeah. that motivates me to love. I feel like on the whole, love and the love of God is maybe a, a larger, though it's never absent, but I'll just say a larger theme in the book of John, in the writings of John, than maybe, say, Matthew's gospel, mm-hmm. but but it is there. Mm-hmm. It is there. Mm. So if I'm supposed to love God with all my heart and my soul and my mind and my strength, my might, how does that leave room for loving my neighbor? Mm. Every Every part of me is now loving God, so how can I also have some part of me that's loving my neighbor? What do you think? Well, I, I just, I don't think it's either or. I think it's both and. He puts them together. Now, he does say it's the second, but, you know, the idea is if we're loving God, then then loving neighbor is going to come out of that, and mm. it's going to take care of itself. Again, how has God loved us? Selflessly, selflessly mm. a mm. servant, right? Jesus did not come to serve, but to excuse me, to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. He's been showing them what love looks like and for others. So if I claimed to love you, Andrew, but said, yeah, Aaron, Olivia, Owen, Julie, eh, eh, not so much, would that be really loving you? Mm. Mm. No. I wouldn't think so. And I think that's part of it. Here are the people that you love. Yeah. Julie and Olivia and Aaron and Owen. You're, for, for the if folks I love who don't you, know, I'm going to love the family. People. I know. If, if I love you, yeah. I love the people Thanks you love. Thanks for doxing me, Edwin. <laughs> <laughs> if I love you, I love the people you love. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think, that's, I think that's probably part of it also, that you know, when I love God with all my heart, soul, and mind, I love the people God loves. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. his children. I love his creation. 
In fact, isn't that, uh, maybe this is a little bit different, but it goes along with, um, is it John that highlights, I can't say that I love God whom I haven't seen if I don't love yeah. the people made in his image yeah, whom I have seen? First John. Yeah, First John 3, I think. And so, so this idea of love God with everything and then also love your neighbor is not, well, okay, let me back up and take a part of that part of me that loves God, and now I'm going to direct it to loving these people. It's the fact that because I love God, loving people overflows from that. Yeah. Loving his people, loving his creation, folks who are made in his image. You know, and it, to say this, it it's so true, but I think sometimes we're uncomfortable saying it because, I don't know, maybe it sounds weak uh, or, or overly sentimental. Well, you're just supposed to love everybody. Mm. I mean, it's it, or, or trite even. Yeah. But but it's not. It's true. It actually can be quite difficult to love neighbors and love people appropriately. Well, it's... I mean, we kind of mock the idea at times. Well, all you Christians want to do is sit around, hold hands, and sing Kumbaya. Wow. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, that's not all we want to do, but maybe every once in a while that's something we should do. I mean, yeah, maybe <laughs> we should. Maybe we just ought to refocus a little bit. I am really supposed to love these other people. Do you think that one of the things, though, that keeps it from being trite is that this love is a volitional love, not just an emotional love? It's not just a touchy-feely, we're all hanging around and acting like everything's just okay. This is a, you know what, I'm actually going to, I'm going to change the way I behave and I'm going to, I'm going to act toward you in a way that pursues your good. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to love you as God loves you. I think that's when love becomes difficult, when Mm -hmm. we recognize it is volitional. And this is the right thing to do in the sight of God, to, to treat this person in this positive way, to treat a person the way I want to be treated but because I'm selfish, because I'm sinful, because they've wronged me or whatever the issues are, yeah. I find it very difficult well, to love them at the, in, at the right way at that time. It also becomes difficult because, let's face it, they're selfish, they're sinful, they're messing up. And it becomes really hard when I'm supposed to love you, but sometimes I don't feel like you're loving me. Yeah, yeah. But that's when we remember how God loves. God loved first. God loved first, even when we didn't love him. And even when I struggle with loving him now, he still loves me. Yeah. And what a powerful thing that is. Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor. These are the two great commandments, and everything hangs on it. They can be both the challenging ones, too, to wake up every day and say, boy, you know what? If I could just love God right today, if I could love my neighbor right today— you, That'd be a good day. You know, if if this <laughs> if these Pharisees had come up to Jesus and asked a similar but different question, Lord, what are the hardest hmm. commandments? You think the answer might have been the same? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been. So. Could have been. So. Well, so glad that we got to have this conversation. Thanks for listening in. We'd love for you to share our podcast with others. Let them know about this time in the Word of God. Uh, you can send us any questions you have or comments at texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Would you wrap up with a prayer with us? Holy God, thank you for loving us first. It's through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. 
Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna! Christ is captain of the mighty throne.